is Canes and Gators Week. It is time for your Miami Sports Pod, talking all about the U and UF, a renewal of a rivalry that, unfortunately, over the years we haven't seen much of, but now we learned this week we're going to see more of in the near future. But more importantly, this week, Will Metzo, Tukey Lang, and, of course, Clay Ferrero getting you started on the pod. And, guys, uh, we've talked all off season about football being back, and we spent a big part of the pod over the summer talking about the Dolphins, but now it's time to focus in on the Canes. Manny Diaz taking this job, talking a great game, and Clay, we finally get to see what kind of game his team plays, and boy, they get thrown right into the fire. Uh, your thoughts on Miami versus Florida finally being here this week? I mean, can't they start off with like Southwest Florida Tech U <laughs> or something? I mean, it would be a little bit nicer to be able to ramp up in competition a little bit. I'm excited. I'm glad that it's here. We've been talking about it for a long time, and it certainly adds an element of excitement when you're taking on the Gators. It's it's a little tough because I feel like there's still some some learning that needs to be done with this with this UM team, both on offense and especially at the quarterback position. I I, I like Jaron Williams a lot. I think what we've heard about him over the last few weeks very obvious that he was the right guy. Mm-hmm. But you're putting them out there against the toughest defense they're going to see all year, yeah, unless they get it, to the ACC title game. And that's the thing too. You know, it's funny. And you talk to the players. And last week at media day, we had the chance to do that. And they'll, you know, getting thrown into the fire. They all said the same thing. We love this man. We want to be on national TV. We want to be in the spotlight. We want everyone talking about us. We wouldn't want it any other way. But then you talk to some alums. You talk to some people maybe off the record a little bit about what it what it means kind of to start against a Florida. And they all tell you the same thing. I'd rather start against a cupcake. I'd rather start against a lesser team, especially with look, the Canes are going to have potentially three offensive linemen starting for the first time, two of them being freshmen. You have a freshman quarterback, granted a red shirt, but who is going to make his first start. You have a Florida defense, as Clay just mentioned, Dookie, is the best on the Canes schedule and one of the best in the country when they're healthy. Uh, the Canes, as again, Manny's done a great job hyping this program up post-Mark <laughs> Rick. He's got everyone excited but I think people need to step, take a step back just a little bit. This team's going to have its growing pains, and unfortunately those growing pains probably will start against this Florida team. It's sort of a double-edged sword having the first game of your season be such a big game, such a tough competition, such a spotlight game, right? On the one hand, you're going to face a Florida defense with more experience. What, they won 10 games last year? This is a Florida team that's ahead of them, and... You don't have much time to prepare, right? You're, you're kicking off August 24th. It's a week ahead of everyone else. So that's a week less of preparation. So that's a downside for the University of Miami, and it's a benefit to the more experienced team. They need less time to prepare. But what Manny can sell his team on, and one of the reasons that it's fun and interesting and exciting to open up with such a big game, is that quote-unquote Florida week has been going on for like eight months. And I think that's a benefit. Every practice in the summer, every practice you know, in, in the fall, every practice, it's about beating the Gators and sort of hammering home that mentality. And this isn't the first time the Canes have opened up with a big game. No, just you, last you year think, LSU. But they last year LSU. I mean, well. you think back in the day, they used to open up with the Canes and Knowles on Labor Day many times. I mean, no, the, no, Canes, the Canes have had yeah. big spotlight openers. And if you want to be an elite program, then you want to be the one game on television that everybody's watching, that everyone was waiting for. 
the problem is you're playing a really good team and if well, and be honest if you, you lose yeah, it's, I get it's it, not the best not, look it's 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 let's play devil's advocate you know you win it's it's a great thing you know all of a sudden you you vault into the top probably 15 in the country and everyone's talking about you but in the big picture the way college football is set up especially the canes being in the ACC and having to get through their own coastal which isn't a very difficult task but then you know you'd have to face an ACC you know, elite team like Clemson in a title game. The reality is this: the Canes don't really need this game. They don't. They don't need this game. Meaning, it doesn't really need to be on the schedule. You don't need to sell people on Miami. If Miami starts off eight and zero, even playing against regular ACC teams and open up against a lesser team, this I don't see what the benefit is for Miami. The benefit, I guess, you could say, is yes, the rivalry, getting fans excited, but. We saw it last year against LSU, unfortunately. When you lose that opener, man, it is like, it's a massive flat tire. It's it's a blowout of the tire. Your car stalls. You're done. Because all that excitement of an off-season worth of Manny Diaz selling you, and, and last year, and the excitement coming off a 10-win year with Mark Rick selling you, just to every fan becomes, ugh, here we go, you know, and that's Well, that's... that's- and, and that's... That's the downside of it. I mean, that's that's what I'm concerned about. I mean, the truth is that nobody knows what Manny Diaz is going to be like as the head coach of Miami. Nobody's seen it before. Nobody knows how Jaron Williams is going to be as a starting quarterback in Miami because nobody's seen it before. And there's all this excitement, which Manny has managed to build up in every way imaginable, from social media to recruiting He's to the transfer portal He's done his to, job. to, yeah, to the has. media access to going up to Bristol and, and doing the ESPN car wash and Everything that can be done to sell a program. They talked about having a turnover chain on offense, some sort of equipment. Everything that can be done to create excitement. But if you don't win, if we if we're sitting here a week from today and the Canes lost by two touchdowns, yeah, I mean <laughs> you, it would take weeks to get that back. I mean you got you got to beat your early season opponents. After that, you got to start winning some games in the ACC. You, can, you know if you go out there and you win five in a row and you're five and one. Later in the year, you got Florida State always a rivalry. But again, that that initial excitement really does get flat. Now, again, Clay, the flip side is that if you win, you shock the you shock everyone. I think in the country to see look, Miami's on the outside looking at the top twenty five. Maybe Manny Diaz is selling more than just words here. Maybe Manny Diaz has got something going. And I will say this: in being out there the other day and in talking to some of the folks there and in talking to the players there in particular and the assistant coaches. They really like where they're going, and if you look at the Canes roster, there are some really nice players on that team that are leading in the right direction. Do they have enough of those players? I'm not sure. A lot is going to hinge on what Jaron Williams is, but the Canes have some weapons. Let's start with the offense, Clay. There's a lot to like. The offensive line, it could be a struggle. That That's obviously an issue, especially with the young quarterback, but the tight ends with Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory. you got playmakers like Jeff Thomas, DJ Dallas, transfer kid that came in. you got you got... A lot of young players that they like. This is a team and an offense that I think potentially, if Jaron gets time, could be pretty damn good. Yeah, and that's been University of Miami for years, right? I mean, they have always had great skill position players, even when they were struggling, even even during the downtimes. So what I'm curious to see, Will, is Dan Enos knows this better than we do. Dan Enos knows that he's got the skill position players. He knows that the offensive line could be a massive issue. And he knows that you've got a quarterback who's starting for the first time. And and not just Florida. We're talking about likely for the entire season barring injury. So what does he do? Mm-hmm. And, and I expect to see a lot of <laughs> some some offensive principles that, that Dolphins fans probably didn't love so much with Adam Gase. But a lot of quick passes, a lot of things to get the ball in the hands of playmakers. And, and I think by doing that, 
you're going to eventually cause that defensive line to start to take some back steps and, and instead of pinning their ears back and coming after the quarterback every time. So what I want to see from this from this offense, I want to see are they able to sustain drives? Are they mm-hmm. able to, on first down, avoid negative plays? And to me, an incomplete pass would be a negative play because this offensive line will is not good enough to deal with second and ten. Not against a Florida team, no, surely, no. No, So if, if you can even just get two, three yards on first down and, and find a way to put yourself in position every single first down to, to try to at least get closer and, and not get into bad field position situations – I think you can get those big explosive plays because of the skill players that you have just by flaring it out and letting them letting them break a tackle. Mm-hmm. So don't try to do anything crazy. Don't try to do anything that's going to put you in a rough position. And look, I know that historically, if you're a Hurricanes fan, you're, you're used to seeing Vinny Testaverde and Bernie Kosar throwing deep bombs down the field. With this team, I, I don't think that is the wise thing to do. Not early, at least. Nope. Not until you get Jaren comfortable. But again, you see if that O-line gets any continuity. By the way... You want continuity, go to our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC Pembroke Pines, the Vera family's been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. You know, the other thing that's an issue with this game for Miami is that I know that this is a neutral site game, but it's not a neutral site game. This is a Florida home game. I mean, playing in Orlando, playing in Central Florida. Unlike last year, I was up at, at Arlington and, 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 you know, the Dallas area to watch the, the LSU game and cover that. And I was surprised at the amount of Canes fans that traveled and the amount of Canes fans that were there. And it was, by the time the game started, it felt almost 50-50. It was probably a little advantage LSU, but it wasn't so significant that you felt like you were in a a road game. I really think that this crowd will be very pro-Gators. And the Gators have a huge fan base, major university, obviously state school. A lot of alumni all throughout the state who are excited about this team being a top-10 team. Uh, I think it's it's even tougher, Dookie, because... The pressure of getting thrown into that fire is not only playing the great team, but knowing that you are basically on the road and that most of that stadium is going to be against you. I think that's another challenge. I think there are people that may be listening that are saying, well, what's wrong with that? Throw throw them into the mix. Throw them into the thing. Well, it's true. If you learn from those games, if whether you you know pull it out and you, you find a way to win, or even if you lose, but you learn something about that experience, that's great. But the one thing this team has to prove they could do this year that they didn't do last year is face adversity. And Manny Diaz talked about it the other day, and players talked about it as well. What this team didn't do well last year was, even within the game, they didn't handle adversity. Uh, Manny Diaz pointed out it was 3-3 late in the first quarter in that LSU LSU game. Nobody remembers that because it ended up being a blowout. But one big play by LSU, then one turnover, one mistake, and it just snowballed. And in a way, it was indicative of what the season then became. The Canes have to learn from those mistakes and understand adversity will come, and it will likely come at times in this opener, but they've got to be able to handle it. That's a big step in whatever it is that Manny Diaz is building. See, and that's the problem with playing a really good team the first game. When you open against a lesser opponent, you can make the mistakes. You can get your wiggles out. You can make that that untimely false start, and it's not going to crush you. But when you play against a level of talent like Florida has, on both sides of the ball, with playmakers that Florida has on both sides of the ball, 
you can't make those sorts of mistakes because, like you said, it can snowball. And it was interesting because before Jaron Williams was named the starter, uh, the Canes had a scrimmage. It was closed. We didn't get to see the scrimmage, but we heard from Manny afterwards. And he basically said that in the first half, the offense was sort of doing what they did last year, which is they sort of had mistakes, and then it's it sort of trickled and continued. But they were able to mentally put it back together and put together a nicer second half. And... As I think about the starting quarterback, which I think is so important, especially because this is his first start in the spotlight, you would think that what separated Jaron Williams from his competitors, Tate Martell and Nikosi Perry, had to do with the way that he managed the team, the way that he managed the emotions of the team. And so if he beat those guys out, then Manny Diaz believes that he has the temperament and he has the athletic ability yeah. to be able to deal with the type of adversity they're probably going to experience. But man, a first-time starter. I mean, it's a, Ken, look, look, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. His first start didn't look like Ken Dorsey, yeah, right? We, we've seen it throughout Miami history. Put up like Thirty points. As we said, we've seen it throughout Miami history. Miami's never been a school to shy away from a big opener. They've got some big openers coming up in the next few years. Don't they face Alabama next year? I mean, they have a, huge openers coming up. It's just the way they do things, and I respect that. Uh, and from Jaron Williams' case, to your point, you know, this is the first time I ever met Jaron Williams was the other day at media day and had a nice conversation with him that we aired on our Sunday show, and Jaron is a very likable guy, and you can see why players rally around him, and you can see why Manny Diaz has confidence in him. He was an Army All-America just a year ago. Uh, he's very well-spoken and very knowledgeable. Brevin Jordan told me that he knows the playbook better than anyone on the team, and Brevin said whenever he has an issue with the playbook, he asks Jaron, hey, what what is this, what's that? And Jaron knows it as if he had it open in front of him. So obviously the kid is studious, hardworking, talented, and confident. All of those things sound great, and so you you, know, you get in there, you start playing, and that's what we're going to learn starting against this Florida game. But the more and more time passes, the more I see why this decision was made and why they feel comfortable. So, so Clay, let's turn our attention to the defense because we haven't even referenced Miami's defense. That's the bread and butter, right? I mean, while you talk about the skill set players and the history of Miami having those talented players and what Danny knows has at his disposal – this team really will likely live and die by what the defense can create, whether it be the turnover chain and creating those turnovers or whether it be just stout defense like they did two years running that under Manny Diaz. This has been one of the elite defenses in the country. Obviously, when they create turnovers, they're better, as in any defense. But the stability that they have with that linebacker crew, very deep defensive line, very nice defensive line. They have confidence in some of their secondary guys. They're very happy in some of the areas there. If Miami has any, let's just stick with the Florida thought. If mm -hmm. Miami has any hope against Florida, they've got to make sure that they give the offense time to figure it out as the game continues. If that opening drive goes Florida down for seven, and offense goes three and out, and Florida down for a field goal, and it's ten nothing, and mm -hmm. then the Florida, and then the Canes another three and out or a possession where they got a punt, then it's thirteen nothing, we're seventeen nothing. Forget about it. You know they've got to make sure this is a one score game at the half defensively, in my opinion. And the good news, Clay, is that I think Miami's defense is good enough to do that. I think so, too. And to that point, I think the the guy who is perhaps the X factor here, John Ford, uh, he's he's the one who stepped into the middle. And you hear the reports from practice where he's dominating the inside mm -hmm. of that offensive line. And, um, you know, obviously, look, you, you lose someone like Gerald Willis, who I thought when Miami was on defense last year – was probably the best player on the field yeah. more often than you all, not. He always, number nine always stuck out. You always, always. just jump off the screen when always. you were playing. Always. And my big concern this year defensively was that, yeah, I think those linebackers are really good. 
I thought that having somebody like Willis up front made him look even better. Mm-hmm. And so how were you going to replace that? So if John Ford can come anywhere close to what Malik to, to what Willis Gerald Willis did when mm-hmm. he was here, then then I think that's going to be a, a, a huge boost to this defense. And and also I think that plays into what you're saying because if John Ford is playing well, if the interior of that defensive line is playing well, that means that likely you're stuffing the Gators in the run game, and that's getting them into second and long, and then potentially third and long, and 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 it's extending. Mm-hmm. It, you're not just getting first down, first down, first down, touchdown. The the only way I think that short drives would be a, a positive for Hurricanes fan is if that turnover chain's coming out yeah. three or more times. And let's just say, for Miami to have a chance, they probably will likely – I mean, I think every game you look at, it's coach will always tell you, turnover battle, special teams. Limit mistakes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and look, Manny said it the other day. He said, look, these are the things, and they're, and they're cliche things, but they're cliches for a reason because they're true. I mean, that's it's, it's tested over time that you win games that way. But I think more so for Miami – Given the, I think the time it may take for the offense to kind of feel itself out and figure things out, I think defensively they need to create turnovers. They need to, and and again, I'm sticking. This isn't a season preview for Miami. This is strictly a conversation yeah. about the Gators game. If they truly have a shot to beat the Gators. I think they need to give the offense short fields. They just do. They yeah. need to get an opportunity where whether you get a big sack and it's a punt, where you get the where you get a nice return, and you're, you know, you're starting near your own, you know, near midfield, or whether you actually create turnovers and you're in Florida territory, where you get the ball. Miami can't be pinned back inside its twenty all game long and expect to drive down the field and win this football game. So I, I do think that that's where it falls on the defense and the turnover. And I think you know going back to Manny too, Dukey is. This is the first time, I mean, for, it doesn't feel that way because we've talked so much. I mean, Manny was already the head coach at Temple, but he didn't coach a game. I mean, Manny's never been the head coach. He's This is this is his first time. And and while he says all the right things, does all the right things, and I have faith as a UM alum and stepping away as, from a, being a journalist, a UM fan, uh, until they get out there, it's very hard to know what kind of a head coach Manny's truly going to be from the X's and O's, from the decision-making, from the managing of a team, from the getting-a-team-ready standpoint. This is a big test right off the bat for Manny Diaz, in my opinion, to get thrown in there against a team like this. Yeah, he's not exactly sticking his toes in the water, is he? But, um, I mean, his defense has managed big games. His defense... And so... I mean, it's just such a different experience going from being in charge of a defense to being in charge of a program where you have to think about everything. What is the team What is the team schedule going to be like when they get there? When are they going to do their walkthroughs? How are they going to meet in the hotel? How is he going to communicate on the sidelines with his offensive guys? How is he going to decide if he wants to change a play on defense or a play? It's just all of these little things. There are kinks to be worked out. And... Generally speaking, working out the kinks against SEC talent is a concern. And Florida has worked out the kinks. Ask Gator fans how they feel about their quarterback. They feel a lot better about their quarterback heading into the Miami game than they did a couple of years ago, right? He's still, by the way, Felipe Franks is, is a nice player, but I, I wouldn't consider him. I, I think he's the kind of guy that you can maybe rattle him. You, but he definitely has, look, they definitely have the advantage at quarterback because Miami's quarterback's never played in a game outside of throwing a couple passes in mop-up time. Uh, but I, I do think... In this case, you've got an opportunity to hopefully get to him. But look, Dan Mullen has been there now a little bit. He knows his stuff. Uh, they, they, from a comfort and continuity 
conversation and what in your comparison, it's clear Florida has the advantage here, Clay. And it's understandable. I know there may be Canes fans listening. Oh, we're going to get them. We're eight and two in the last ten meetings. We 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 know how to beat Florida. I get it. It sounds great. I love it. I'm all in. I I would love to see Miami win, and I hope they do. But you can't. I I can't agree with you to say that you know Florida is the favorite for a reason. They are on paper and the and experience and the way it's set up are the better football team right now. Yeah, and in Florida, when Dan Mullen took over, was in in a pretty similar position to Miami when Mark Richt stepped away. Mm-hmm. And so I what I've told everybody as far as this game goes, and and you know we're we're really fortunate doing this Miami Sports Social that I think we we get a. a a good a good vibe uh, you get a good feel for what people are are thinking heading into this game and i've had a few canes fans that have gotten on there and and you know made comments oh, i'm gonna crush them and all that my feeling is the gators are a year ahead in their rebuild mm-hmm. reconstruction whatever I mean, it is they're you eighth call it. in the country in the yeah. coaches bowl so and and they went out there and and beat the snot out of michigan in the bowl game last year mm-hmm. so you know that's that's the type of win that that kind of galvanizes a team and lets them know, hey, this whole thing that Dan Mullen is bringing in here, it's working, and and we're starting to see positive results, and that carries you through an off season. Whereas, look, I think the I think the Hurricanes players believe in Manny Diaz. I think a lot of the things that they're trying to install are going to take time, and you're only only going to learn through making mistakes. And unfortunately. <laughs> You're going up against a team very early on that has the ability to force those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and I, I think the thing, let's go back to what you guys said, because you both made a comment about it, and I think it's brilliant for Manny Diaz. What I love about Manny Diaz is he is willing to verbalize things a lot of coaches aren't. And what he said a couple of weeks ago, and he reiterated it to you the other day at Media Day, is that this team was terrible at rebounding from adversity. Yeah, they were. They were. They so were. as much as I started off this pod by saying it's too bad you can't start off against Southwest Florida Tech U, this is a way that it's it's almost kind of a no, no-lose no situation as far as Manny Diaz. And, and if he's telling these guys, look, you mm-hmm. need to learn how to respond to adversity, if they lose this game, and, and it's not particularly close, he can look at all those guys and say, what have I been telling you? You're going to have an opportunity to bounce back from adversity here. How do you do it? And so if if this message that, that he has been trying to get across to his team, if he has been successful mm-hmm. with that, they can lose this game and go 11-1 because the Coastal is just such a disaster. No, it's true. But S- I, so I, I just think that this, this, is a good, this would yeah. be a good opportunity for him either way. I hate a losing mentality, so I don't want to sound like I have a losing mentality. But, I, but to your point on, on the way you – to me, the way they lose, if they lost this game, the way they yes. lose is important. Yes. Because you talk about adversity. If they go out there and get kicked around the way they did against LSU and – fall behind 17-0 at the half and end up losing, you know, 31-13 and it never was close. To me, of course it's not progress, but to me it's the worst case scenario. Not for obvious reasons because you got your butt kicked, but for the, I think, more the, the pinpointing that issue that Manny talked about adversity. If you lose like that, chances are you didn't deal with adversity well within the game. Because again, Manny's big picture was it wasn't just adversity throughout the season as the season progressed and maybe things didn't go in the direction they wanted. It's adversity from play to play. Like how do you bounce back from the pick six? Are you going to bounce back and have a nice you know nine play drive and answer, 
or you're going to go three and out and, and look rattled and throw the ball into the ground. That's the adversity Manny's talking about. So if they get blown out, again, I know it sounds obvious because you get blown out, that's the worst-case scenario. Well, duh. But I think more big picture than that, the worst-case scenario is that because then it, it kind of says to you, man, we still are not dealing with this adversity. Well, you got a long season to figure it out, but it'd be nice if they show you a little bit of that against Florida, and more so if they stay close in this game, Dukey, if it is a close game, they've got a chance to win it down the stretch. Now you're learning not only how you deal with adversity, but how you deal with that challenge of being in a tight football game, and you'd love to see all these things come together. It's such a big ask to to ask a team that has had so much turnover, so much tumult, new head coach, new quarterback, Mm -hmm. to then... Okay, guys, this is how we deal with a tough situation. This is how we bounce back. Because that sort of thing is built. That sort of thing is, it's, it's, it takes time to sort of cement that sort of culture. And sometimes you got to get your behind kicked and have the experience of that to then later well, I mean, on. A lot of these guys did get their behind kicked no, a they lot did. last no, year. No, they, they did. was on the team. They did. And, and, he was on the team. And the bowl, the bowl game was certainly not much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But I, it's it's one of those things where it's like you're asking you're asking a first-time starter to go on national TV with a first-time head coach, beat a top-10 team when they're unranked, and tell them no matter what happens, next play, we're next play, next man up no, mentality. That it's and and frankly, I mean, guys, let's be honest. On talent, just on paper, talent-wise, who's more talented of these two teams? Well, I think Florida's the more talented team. I yeah. think on paper, I do an experience. Again, I think Florida has the edge for a reason. I will say this, though. Anyone who's doubting Miami's talent has probably got to look a little closer. I was very impressed, especially those skilled players. I think on defense, they're very confident about certain guys that maybe we're not that familiar with or fans are not that familiar with that they like a lot. Clay already mentioned one in Ford. I, they, these are – Miami's not I, – I don't want to make this sound like Miami's some inferior no. opponent that that just can't hang with an SEC school. I absolutely think they can. I just think – I think there's something that maybe more over the time of the season, the hope is they get better and better. Now, there is a flip side to that. This is Florida's first game, too. They also had a long offseason of hype. They maybe are buying into – you know, I, I talked to DJ Dallas about this, about the role reversal of it, you know, in – Last year, the Canes were the top 10 team facing the LSU team that I found, if I'm not mistaken, was barely in the top 25. And they would kind of, the expectation for LSU was, oh, new quarterback, who knows what's going to happen, you know, if this is, what's going to happen there. And LSU looked great, and Miami looked terrible, and the seasons took a turn, and LSU had a great season, Miami had a bad season. There, There is an element of of the unknown in an opener that no matter how much we talk on this pod, guys, or how many numbers we throw out, it's very hard to say and hard to explain. Openers are maybe the toughest thing to predict in any in any kind of game in, in football after such a long offseason. Well, in a game of momentum in that opener, the momentum swings are, are even bigger because belief is so important. And, and you have one fumble, one fluke play. I mean, there could be, let's say Miami kicks off and uh, the Gators return man just happens to slip on the 15-yard line. The ball pops out of his hand and all of a sudden everybody on that sideline is like, yeah, everything Manny told us during the offseason yeah, is coming true. Yeah. And that can start a belief thing and, and it happens even more in those openers to your point. No, by no means are we saying that, that they can't hang. I think when you look at the two teams, I I don't think UM's defense is going to be that far behind UF's, it, and it could be even. UM's could be better. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot more questions, especially when Dan Mullen 
was someone who was an offensive mind coming in and taking over Florida. Their defensive talent was already really, really high. And so they're a year ahead in that offensive rebuild, and I think they're going to be a, a year further along in in dealing with adjustments, dealing with mm-hmm. knowledge of the playbook, things like that. Now, your point about the flip side of that, let's not just talk about the rankings, but also the fact that you know Florida's not going to have any film on on what Miami is yeah. is going to be planning New to do here. New offensive coordinator. That the matters. element of mystery and surprise can actually be to Miami's advantage. It, it can help. And, Certainly and not think, after media day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean with, uh, yeah. So I I think th- there are reasons why the this whole first game thing could help UM in a few ways, especially if things start falling their way. Mm-hmm. I think. By second, third quarter, that's that's where UF is going to be able to see some of the things Miami is doing yeah. offensively. And and my question is, and, and my concern as a UM fan would be, your ability to make adjustments in your first game out there. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned you know Mullen being the offensive guy, Manny being the defensive guy. Their relationship goes back a while. Uh, Manny talked about what he learned and what he knows from from Mullen and vice versa. I think in Mullen's case, what he knows from Manny, it is going to be an interesting chess match there, and understanding, you know, who's what the next move is. And and Mullen, from an experience standpoint as a head coach, sure he has it over Manny, but Manny knows his defense and he knows a way. I think the game plan and to set things up to try to figure out how to slow down Florida's attack. It's going to be fascinating to watch. By the way, our sponsor today again is Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car. Go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. A quick, quick note on one of the things I learned and heard on Media Day that I thought was fascinating in this matchup in particular because what's the old theory, the things that's a quarterback's best friend, especially a young quarterback or a new quarterback like Jaron Williams, a good ground game, obviously, right? And Very the, strong punter. And uh, very strong. Physically strong. Physically strong punter who's, yeah, he's not much younger, or he's a little younger than I am, just a few years. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> guys, you guys went to school together, yeah, right? We actually went, we played Australian rules football together. The When you look at, at the tight ends, that's the part where I say like the security blanket. Yeah. Brevin Jordan said something interesting uh, the other day during media day, and I, I told Dookie this off air, and I'll tell you now, and it's fascinating. He said, I really think that Will Mallory and I, when we leave as junior, juniors likely in a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, kid you not, this is what he yeah. said. We're going to be like the two tight ends of Iowa that just came out of the draft. And we're going to be two top first-round picks. That's And he said, that's you know, I have confidence in myself in that, but that's how much confidence and how good Will Mallory is, and you guys are going to see it this year. If the Canes truly have two stud tight ends like that, if those two guys can be that security blanket, and again, I'm sticking strictly to just the Florida game, not big season, a big picture for the season, then all of a sudden, Jaron Williams' job gets a little easier having those kind of weapons. Like you said earlier, not about throwing deep to Jeff Thomas, not about getting trying to figure things out 40 yards down the field. If you had those kind of security blankets, that's the X factor to me for Miami's chances offensively against Florida. Yeah, and and when I'm talking about getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers, I'm I'm not just talking about flaring it out to Jeff Thomas and hoping that he breaks one for 80. I mean, you you break one tackle in the middle of the field, that's the difference between a, you know, a, a fourth down play and, and mm-hmm. having a punt and and potentially getting a first down and keeping a drive alive and that's what tight ends can do for you. And you know, those two guys and and there are reasons why if you're a UM fan, you can go into this thing and say, you know what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to hear all the the pundits picking against us. And 
Obviously, the, the majority talent, of people will pick Florida. The yeah, talent can. level, to your point, is is not far off. My questions, my concerns are more about scheme, getting to know what you're doing out there, UF being a year ahead. But, man, to, yeah, you, you find a way to get those guys the ball in their hands in space, let them make a big play down the mm-hmm. field, and then you go back to what you said earlier where those momentum shifts are going to be even bigger in game one. Sure, yeah, I – there are many things in place that could that could point Miami to an upset here. Um, I think everything we're saying is just from a if if someone told you to put put five dollars down on you know hey a pick 'em if if the if there were no line it was just a pick 'em where would you put your money I think we'd all probably put five bucks down on Florida yeah um, I think that's fair for a number of reasons but that's not to say that UM doesn't have a chance and, and I think too part of my thing is and this five is, bucks look it's been said to yeah we'll place a big <laughs> that's his, that's his big scenario big, big look, man, that's that's almost a full Chipotle yeah, chicken it's, burrito it's, it's, I'll, I'll bet you a snack yeah. in the vending machine my uh, goodness a gumball. The, uh, here's huge, a, huge money. <laughs> I will say this, though. Look, I, part of my, and, I, and again, I like to be honest with the way I say things here. I, part of me saying this, my rationale, is I'm kind of reverse karmaing this thing as a fan in the sense that I want to prepare myself mentally, too, because like m- most people who are listening now who are Canes fans, I think listen to the entire pod if you've gotten this far and said, man, you guys pretty much told us that Miami's not going to win this game and there's very little chance that so many things have to happen. I think part of it is, I think mentally preparing yourself because I don't think Kings fans, and I know I wasn't, I don't think Kings fans were prepared for that butt whooping they got last year against LSU. Yeah. I don't think, I don't remember a single scenario, certainly not a conversation that we had. I don't think anything that I read, I don't even think people on Twitter who could sometimes be the most negative people in the world, did anyone break down to me a scenario where LSU was just going to kick the crap out of Miami, which is exactly what they did. So I, I think. Canes fans have to understand that that's very possible against a talented Florida team with all the setting and stuff that we created. That you gotta you gotta temper expectations, and the only reason I say that, Dookie, is because we have spent an off season riding this Manny Diaz wave, and you know the the transfer portal and all these things and all this excitement and all this stuff that happened post Mark Rick when you, know, you end the season on a downturn. Rick leaves all of a sudden Manny to the rescue. You know, the bottom line is not what he says and not the tweets and not the transfer portal. The bottom line is wins and losses. And until we see the product, it's hard for me to have confidence more than just – it's anything more than just hope and not true confidence. Feel good doesn't win football games, right? Manny Diaz is a feel-good story. If you are a Miami Hurricanes fan, if you're a South Florida person, you 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 pull for Manny Diaz because of he's – a, he's a cane. He's – he loves the program. He will run through a wall. He has he has the feeling of a Jimmy Johnson type, mm-hmm. right? That if if there were a comparison in terms of the type of adoration that he inspires mm-hmm. with the way he talks about the program, the way he brings in alumni, the way he you hear him speaking to high school kids, he says all the right things. Can he coach? Mm-hmm. Can he coach? Can, 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 can Jaron be a QB? Can can Jaron Jer- Williams sounds like a QB, looks like a QB, stands like a QB, throws like a QB. Can he be a QB? Can he make the, the, the important throw? Can he not make the big mistake that he's going to have? I don't know. And and I think, you know, that's, that's why these openers are fun. I mean, by the same token, you maybe are more likely to catch a Florida making a mistake mm-hmm. early in the season yeah, that, that they would You're clean right. up. Later in the season, so maybe if you'd play them mid-November, they would have tightened up whatever mistake you could benefit from. But, so, look, so maybe that could happen in Miami's favor. Yeah. It's it's just so hard. Like 
when people ask me about a team before game one in any sport, it's like, well, I haven't seen them play. Mm-hmm. I've heard about this guy. I've read about that guy. I've seen the 10 minutes of stretching. I've you know, But I haven't seen this team under adverse conditions. You ask me to predict a Miami game in mid-October after I've watched them play for a month, I can tell you, well, you know, when they're in a tight spot, they go to this guy. Or when mm-hmm. they need a turnover, this guy, you know, I mean, what can we... You know, it's it's. Well, listen, we're going to start to get. It's the a lot answers. of hope. It is a lot of hope. We're going to start to get the answers to that this week on Saturday. I think, regardless of what happens, I, I like what Manny's done. I like the direction it's going. I think they feel good. I think there's talent. I think Kane's fans should feel positive for the future. And I think more than anything, look, it is all of this stuff we just said is going to get thrown out the window on Saturday because when you're a Kane's fan, you're going to be rabid and going crazy and, and nuts facing the Gators, and the Gator fans are going to be sitting there going, "Oh, it's." You know, we're going to take care of the you and this and that. And, and it's just going to be fun to watch and talk football again. And then on Sunday, we can dissect it here on the pod once again. So Miami and Florida week begins. Our coverage begins as well throughout the week on Local 10, on our Facebook page and Twitter, social media everywhere, of course, on TV and Local10.com. So Miami, Florida coming up. Enjoy the action on Saturday. We'll be talking next weekend more Canes, Gators, the result, and checking out how the Dolphins are doing with their preseason work.